going to spend at least two sessions on 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12, and this time focus on the relationship between the being God's people that we saw in verses 9 and 10, and here the the feeling or doing in accord with that being. So, Father, I pray now that as we tackle the reality of feeling new things, having new passions, and abstaining from passions that destroy and wage war against our soul, that you would work this miracle within us so that we not only understand it conceptually because we've read your word, but that the Spirit has taken the word and done a sin-destroying and love-awakening work in us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Beloved, I urge you, as sojourners and exiles, to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. So we're only going to have time to look at this section right here. Beloved, I urge you, I've told you several times that you are sojourners and exiles in a vast empire of unbelief and sin, and you may feel small, and I'm urging you now, as people who have their citizenship in heaven rather than on the earth, to abstain from passions of the flesh because they wage war against your soul. They will destroy your soul if you give over to their supremacy and let them reign in your life with no repentance. So, the first thing to see here is that in the previous passage, you are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a people of his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you you have received mercy. You are beneficiaries of mercy. So this is being, right? This is who we are. This is our being. This is our nature. This is who we are in Christ. This is what has been put within us and we have been made into by the new birth. And now you come to the next verse, and I would put a big therefore here, even though it's not there. I think it's implied. Therefore, because of what you are, now abstain from passions of the flesh. Now, a lot of people would say, oh, well, if we are already new, and if we are already in Christ, if we are already secure, these kinds of commands aren't necessary for us. 
We can avoid those. That's just legal talk when you give commandments like that. Or others on the other extreme would say, well, we're not new. We don't really have our standing yet with God, and therefore we better abstain from these passions in order that we might become new creatures. Now, both of those are dreadful mistakes, and they simply ignore what the text is doing. What the text is doing is telling us who we are in verses 9 and 10. You are a holy nation. You are a priesthood. You are God's possession. You have received mercy. You are born again into a new chosen race. And now, with no sense of contradiction or tension at all, I'm telling you with an imperative, abstain from passions that can destroy your soul if you don't fight them off. So those who do fight them off, those who do walk in love, those who do destroy their own sins and fight, not to perfection, but in new direction, are showing that they really are the new and true people of God. Here's the, here's the pattern in 1 Corinthians 5, 6, and 7. Your boasting is not good. Do not, do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Little, little, little boasting here is going to ruin the church and ruin lives. Cleanse out the old leaven, the old yeast, that you may be a new lump. If you stopped right there, that would sound like the mistake of you're not new. You have to get it out so that you can become new. No, cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you really are. Now, that's the genius of New Testament ethics right there. You are unleavened. Therefore, get the leaven out. That's not double talk. That's not a contradiction. That's who we are. And so back here in 1 Peter 2, 9, we are chosen race. We are royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. We are God's own possession. We have received mercy. And therefore, act like it. Abstain from passions that wage war against your soul. And if you want to know how Jesus talked about the relationship between this kind of abstaining and our being, here's the way he talked about it. Every healthy tree bears good fruit. The diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear good fruit, and nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down, thrown into the fire. You will recognize them by their fruits. The function of fruit is not to make a tree a tree. Is that clear? You don't become a, a good tree by bearing good fruit. You bear good fruit so that the goodness of the tree can be recognized. You'll recognize them by their fruits. You know that it's a good tree by the fruits. When you bear, when you abstain, when you abstain from passions that wage war against your flesh. You're not making yourself God's chosen possession. You're showing that you are God's chosen possession. So how would, 
how would these passions of the flesh wage war against the soul? How do they go about trying to destroy the soul? Let's, uh, let's put the verses together. Here's verse 11 that I was just looking at, and I'm just hooking it up now with verses 9 to 10 so we can see something. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles, abstain from the passions of the flesh that wage war against your soul. Why would they wage war against your soul? How would they, dis- how would they destroy your soul? Because your soul was made for this. This is what we saw last time. That you may proclaim, you exist to proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Passions of the flesh, by definition, are any passions that cause you to stop marveling most in the light of God. This marveling here, this marvelous light that you are now marveling in because you've been called out of darkness into light, that marveling, these passions dim and destroy. And you can tell that when it's happening, when these passions of the flesh start to make other things look more bright and more exciting than the light that you've been brought into in Christ, the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness, when, when the passions are greater for other things, then you are talking about a destructive, warring passion against your soul. Or another way to put it would be, the passions of the flesh here are any passions that cause you no longer to be thrilled with the excellencies of him above all other excellencies. But now the passions here are making other excellencies, other excellencies appear more valuable. That's what the passions of the flesh are. And the reason they wage war and again and destroy your soul is because they are stripping you of the capacity to do the very thing God created you to do, namely, to proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You know the people who are not proclaiming the excellencies of God, and that's the people who aren't feeling the excellencies of God. They're not feeling the marvel of God because these feelings right here are dominating their lives. They love other things more than they love God. So how would you abstain? How would you abstain from the passions of the flesh? seems to me there are two possibilities. One, you can cut off your hand and gouge out your eye, like Jesus said in Matthew 5, which means you're, you're feeling the passion, but God has given you the grace at least not to act on the passion, and it's as though... The hand that wants to reach out and steal that or hand that wants to hit somebody, you have, as it were, cut it off. You have gouged out your eye so you don't look at that pornography, even though all the desires are there. Or, and it's not either or, it's both and, this abstain can happen by replacing those desires, these passions. Push them out with others. And Peter has has 
driven us in that direction back in 113. Therefore, prepare your, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully, hope fully. There's the great passion of the Christian life. Set your hope fully on the grace that is being brought to you. Build up your hope until it is red hot for the grace of God more than anything else. Or chapter 2, like newborn infants, long There's desire, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it, and this is the word of God, this pure spiritual milk, which you can see in the previous verses, that it, that by it you may grow up into salvation. If indeed you tasted this milk, what is, what is the taste? It is that the Lord is good. So how do you abstain, abstain from the passions of the flesh? You cut off your hand and deny yourself the passions that are there, but more wonderfully, you push out these old passions of the flesh, and thus you do war, not against your soul, but for your soul, by preserving the very reason why you were created, namely to savor the excellencies of God's kindness in his word.